Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. She was living in a single room with three other individuals. One of them was a male and the other two, well, the other two were females. God only knows what they were up to in there. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Hello and welcome to the cannabis episode. <laughs> uh, before we begin, two things. One, uh, I am sharing this because I promised that if I ever made it through a winter without depression, I would, I would talk about it. And so this is me talking about it. And I didn't think that I'd be talking about cannabis ever under any circumstances for any reason. But I am. So that's why that is. Uh, in case you're being super judgy or you feel judgy or you're scared or it's weird. or I know. I feel all of those things. And I understand them completely. And also, I'm sharing what really helped. And I want to talk about it uh, quite a bit more. So that's what this is. And this is also... Um, I'm sort of doing like a tiny taboo series, which is this week is cannabis, next week is sex. So it only gets worse from here. <laughs> and the second thing before we begin, um, in the past 24 hours, I've sold two spots in KK on tap. So there are three spots left uh, for onboarding between now and uh, September. So uh, when they're gone, they're gone. And then in September, the price goes up. So you probably want to get on it now. If you're like, remind me again, KK on Tap is working with me for a whole year. So it's this slow method of one quarterly call one-on-one -on -one with me, one group call quarterly with everybody where you can uh, ask questions, get feedback, talk to other people, do whatever you need to do access to my archives, all my programs, all my books, all my breathwork sessions, all those sorts of things are available to you. Uh, a seat in any workshops that I create over the course of the next year while you're in KK on tap. And of course, one-on-one -on -one support from me when you need it. So you can email or text and uh, you get what you need. That rings in at 225 a month for a year. So 12 payments of 225 and that will be going up to at least 300 in September per month. So very significant increase. If you are like, I don't know, I'm considering, but I don't know, consider harder. <laughs> um, shoot me an email, k at kristenkelp.com or check it out, kristenkelp.com slash tap. 
And now, let's do the cannabis episode. So first, uh, I recorded this uh, without writing every word down. I tried to do the loose outline thing because I was just so wildly nervous. I handed it over to Bear and he said, "Um, you sound nervous. And he maybe gently suggested that I write everything down like I normally do. So here we go. I wrote it all down. The first thing you need to know, I am nervous to share this information. I am nervous of your judgment. I am wary that you will in some way like just discount everything that I have ever said as a result of this episode. And I'm doing it anyway because that's what we do here. I am not a medical professional. I am not a therapist. I am not a bud tender. I am not a cannabis expert. I have never grown cannabis. I do not study cannabis. I do not have a PhD in cannabis. That is exactly why I'm sharing though. Uh, It's not so much to give advice as to share my story and hope that it will help you in some way because it isn't this very scientific approach. It is this like, let me tell some stories and see if you might resonate with them. And just in case you're curious, um, there is no pitch at the end. This is not me setting up that I have a line of cannabis coming out or I'm going to offer cannabis coaching or cannabis group work or whatever. Um, I am committed to experimenting and then to sharing what's working with, for me and with me, and that includes cannabis. That is the beginning and end of the motivation here, okay? So first, Nancy, Reagan, and me. Um, As a kid in the 80s, you grew up with nice white ladies from the D.A.R.E. program telling you to say no to drugs, and they told you that all drugs are basically equal. All drugs lead you directly to hell, slash incarceration, slash doom, slash your life ends the minute you try a joint. And this was in part because of the quote-unquote war on drugs that started in the 80s. Nancy Reagan was the face of it. She was the first lady at the time. Uh, with the first lady is just the woman that's married to the president of the United States, in case you're in another country. And it doesn't seem like a position of great political power, but you can get a lot of funding for your sort of heart project. And this was hers, just trying to get the kids off the drugs. Uh, The trouble was that I believe these white ladies, and I call this the good girl effect. If something is forbidden enough and loudly at a young enough age... It sinks into our psyche in ways that are deep-rooted and that still affect us much, much later, even when we quote-unquote know better. So you know this, that if you were taught that sex is bad, sex is wrong, sex is terrible, sex is just for marriage, even if you leave that religion or you don't subscribe to that any longer, there are residual effects of having something be so forbidden for so long. Alcohol, I discovered, was not illegal and was not really included in the it will ruin your life speech or in dare in general, unless you drive drunk, which wasn't interesting to me. So I just used alcohol to party for the end of high school and college. I tried weed once in my junior year of college and I felt nothing and then fell asleep. I've never had sleeping troubles. I was over underwhelmed. Um, I did not try it again for 17 years. So there's a big gap there. Um, Let's take a second to touch on the history of cannabis, which is racist as fuck. So this is just an active uh, address to the part of your brain that agrees with former First Lady Nancy Reagan. Uh, If that part of your brain is going apeshit right now, remember that cannabis was widespread, used everywhere, not a big deal, used in products, was awesome, and was targeted by lawmakers to specifically and disproportionately target Mexican individuals living in the United States. This is well documented. Even the lightest of internet searches will lead you down a trail of 
really obvious moves to classify cannabis as a Schedule One narcotic, despite the fact that it's natural, it's not particularly harmful, it's often beneficial, and it's not addictive. The word marijuana itself is made up to make cannabis sound more foreign and therefore, if you're racist, more dangerous. If you are interested, and I hope you are, I recommend picking up a book called The Cannabis Manifesto, A New Paradigm for Wellness by Steve D'Angelo. Again, that's The Cannabis Manifesto. And you know I didn't actually try cannabis until I'd read books about it, right? Like classic nerd move, that's how it went. Now, let's talk experiments and why I didn't get depressed this winter. I promised all of you a long time ago that if I found a way to beat seasonal affective disorder, which has dogged me for the entire time I've been in business, that I would share how I did it. And I never dreamed that I would be talking about cannabis because I wouldn't have told you that I would talk about it if I had known that this would be the answer. (laughs) But here we are, and this is me keeping my promise. The truth is, I was incredibly scared of all things cannabis. Ridiculously scared. Lizard brain going full ape shit in ways that I could not articulate with any sort of words and that could not be overcome by logic. Just wildly scared in that part of me that was very small, that was very convinced that it was all going to go to hell, right? Bear was actually very helpful. Uh, He pulled up YouTube videos to help me feel more comfortable trying a variety of delivery methods like smoking, vaping, edibles, capsules, tinctures, not all at the same time, one at a time. Uh, We worked our way through them over the course of about two months. We had to work really, really hard to communicate around my fears, which were overwhelming and were disproportionate to reality. I can tell you that straight up. Taking a hit on a bong is not the end of the world. It is not going to automatically lead to a life of hard drugs and shooting heroin on the streets and crime. You are not going to automatically become homeless and toothless when you give cannabis a try. Logically, I knew that, but my brain didn't agree. So it took a while. The first time I tried cannabis, I laughed harder than I had ever laughed in my whole life at the bedroom wall. I was by myself in the bedroom. Bear was in some other part of the house doing something, and I was just he just came in like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, it's all just so funny. (laughs) It was surprising to me um, how good I could feel in my body and how much of a notable improvement everyday things like food, music, and sex took on in this new realm. And it is very much a new realm. When I partake of cannabis, asshole brain turns off. This is perhaps the most miraculous thing I've ever experienced. Asshole brain turns off off. When that happens, I become aware of how much I already have and how little I need to feel like I have enough. Usually enough boils down to some combination of food, shelter, music, and being with my people. I'm often overwhelmed by how tremendously wonderful the life Bear and I have built together is, even if it doesn't fit into the glorious trappings of how others think a successful life should look. Like, we do not have a gold-plated toilet. I don't drive a brand new car. I've been in too many car accidents for that. Seven, okay? I don't drive brand new cars. It's going to go poorly. By the way, none of those were my fault, just so we're clear. Uh, Our two-bedroom apartment is actually too big. I work at a kitchen table that cost less than 100 bucks a decade ago. Our puppy is not fully potty trained. He just refuses. I don't understand. We're working on it. Um, We have very little of what those obsessed with gathering wealth and power would deem worthwhile. 
and yet. Cannabis helps me remember how little the trappings of the outer world matter beyond the basics. It helps me delight in food, all kinds of food. And if you've never had Doritos when you're high, you're missing out. As well as physical sensation. Taking a shower becomes an exquisite act. I know that sounds crazy if you've never had cannabis. Like, how can that even be? I don't know. Because I'm sure there's lots of science, but it really is amazing. Lying naked with sheets touching your skin is glorious. Drinking water is like discovering an oasis in the desert. Music washes over your body and it's an entirely new physical experience. I've had a physical experience of music, like being at a concert and feeling like when the bass is playing and the speakers are rumbling, feeling that in your chest. But having that be in your entire body is crazy. And the sex, we will talk about sex in the next episode, but the sex is just beyond words. Cannabis helps me to lower my walls, my natural barriers between me and the outside world that exist for protection. It helps me relax into being mode versus doing mode. And it helps me sink into the ever-present now. I'm able to take the famous Ram Dass be here now advice to heart and just be here now. Let's talk ingestion methods. I tried smoking, which I hate. I tried vaping, which was slightly better, but my lungs rejected that too. Like over the top, ridiculous fall to the floor coughing that was just absurd. Like just not worth it. Uh, I tried capsules, which were underwhelming and way expensive for the dosage that they provided. Uh, And tinctures, which were quite subtle and just not, not it for me. The delivery method that I have found simplest was, cons- was is consuming THC in edible form. During a trip to California, where all the weed is legal all the time and where they have edibles, uh, which they do not have in Pennsylvania, I discovered chocolate-infused cannabis or cannabis-infused chocolate. <laughs> See the slip there? Chocolate-infused cannabis. Cannabis-infused chocolate. All is right with the world. I'm like, let's do this thing. Um, as I discovered that cannabis agreed with my body, I got more comfortable working with it. I learned to decarboxylate and then bake with it, allowing me to make edibles from scratch and from store mixes. Of course, I have tried Funfetti weed cake. It is not as good as you would imagine because it's very strong, the weed flavor. Um, And decarboxylating, in case you wonder, just means heating the cannabis to a certain temperature, in my case, 180 degrees Fahrenheit, which converts THCA, an inactive ingredient, to THC, the chemical that produces what we all know as a high. If you are smoking weed, you are decarboxylating on the fly. But if you are want to put it in edibles of any kind, you have to decarboxylate it before you do that. Once you've got decarboxylated cannabis, which sounds really fancy, it just means it's been heated, uh, you then heat it for about four hours with butter, strain it, voila, you can use that butter in any recipe to create an edible experience. Again, I am neither a cannabis expert nor a doctor, so this is the super quick version. I encourage you to look to the YouTubes for glorious amounts of information. You can also pick up a book called Get High Like a Lady by Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Furrer, F-U-R-R-E-R. Really great overview, really simple recipes, uh, really beautifully designed and made. I also loved Ganja Yoga by D. Dussault, D-U-S-S-A-U-L-T. Her 
belief and her research leads her to believe that back in the day when yoga was being invented, it was often used side by side with cannabis to deepen the engagement with the act of doing asana yoga. Words came to me for the first few months of ingesting cannabis regularly. Um, about a year ago, if you've been following along, and it's okay, you don't have to. I get it. I'll remind you. Uh, words went missing along with my functioning thyroid. So um, it was a struggle to find even basic words. Like two syllables were a lot. That's a lot of syllables. Um, and my job is to write. It was, it was absolutely terrifying to have that taken away. Cannabis led me to sit quietly and revel in words of all kinds. Toothpick. Ambiguous. Skullduggery. It was as if parts of my brain were coming back online after a long hiatus and they were announcing themselves. So for the first few minutes of each cannabis experience, sort of when that came online, I would sit quietly and say words out loud, savoring them. Um, If Bear was in the room, he would shoot words back to me, just like big, glorious, delicious vocabulary words. It was magnificent. Have you glimpsed the extent to which I am a nerd? You are welcome. (laughs) Um, It was not all glorious, though. I have to be really clear about this. My relationship with Bear suffered for a few months. So we started this process in August, September, somewhere in there. It is currently April. Uh, We kept bumping up against my fear in assorted, very sneaky forms. And I reacted to that fear by trying to manage it in a super ultra mega controlling way because I'm awesome. Uh, I would say things like, you can only smoke once a day. It has to be after 8 p.m. You're having too much. How do I know it's too much? Because I say so. Um, I became basically a dictator about all things cannabis. I instigated discussions about budget and cost, usage frequency, usage times. It's too early. It's too late. That sort of thing. Um, I was really scared of sharing our usage experience with others, as in, no, I don't want people to know that you use weed or that I use weed or that either of us likes weed. This is unacceptable. Really, I was actively grappling with years of conditioning and judgment. I would never call someone who has a glass of wine with dinner each night an alcoholic, uh, but somehow having a single puff of weed each night meant I was a stoner, which is a bad thing, of course, in my mind. It meant something was wrong with me. It meant I was wildly addicted. And of course, in some, in some capacity, I was heading down a path of crime straight to like heroin, crack cocaine, stealing money from friends and family to further my addiction. It was crazy. It really, really was. I felt like this is not realistic. This is not reality. This is not being born out of my everyday life. And yet it feels like that's exactly what's going to happen. In my actual experience, cannabis was bringing me back to life in some capacity. I felt more connected with Bear and with the world than ever before. I woke up each morning clear-headed and ready to conquer my work. No hangover, no sluggish thoughts, no turned stomach, all of which are really common when I have even a single beer or a single glass of wine. We're talking like um, alcohol just decided it was done with me a couple of years ago. Like one day I could drink beer, it was fine. And I really think everyone should be able to, like unless you're an alcoholic and it's off limits to you, I think everyone should be able to enjoy a beer or two without any ill consequences. Like I think hangovers, your body should reserve those for when you've really pushed the line and gone crazy. And I was having like, like day-shattering hangovers with like one beer, which is just not worth it. 
Cannabis agreed with my body to such an extent that I didn't get depressed during the winter for the first time in over a decade. Uh, last year, I was so depressed that I was literally like, I don't think I can survive another winter. I was not exaggerating. I was not being funny or being cute or trying to seek attention. I only told that to um, my doctor and my best friends. Um, and I waited until the daffodils bloomed this year, because spring is here, to share this information because I wanted to be absolutely certain this too-good-to-be-true scenario could be true. It is the other shoe did not drop. Depression was not waiting around the corner with a potato sack and a kidnapping plan to take me down. With the help of cannabis, I made it all the way through my most dreaded season as a healthy and whole individual. That is nothing short of a miracle, which is why I'm talking about it right now, even at great risk to my listenership and my career and everything I've worked so hard for, because I have never experienced anything like this and I want to share it with you. Um, Depression was the single most terrifying thing in my life for a lot of years, and it isn't now. And I can't even begin to describe to you how lovely and wonderful it feels to let that go. And I can tell you that there there was so much growth that had to happen before this final piece kicked in that I don't think it's just like a depression can totally be cured via cannabis. Again, this is my experience. I am one human. I did so much breath work. I did so much other work. There was so much other stuff going on that had to line up. And this was sort of the final piece. But if it's a piece that you are hesitant to use, perhaps it might be a piece of your puzzle as well. If you're curious about cannabis, and I assume you are because you're here, um, hang with me and I'm going to share a few steps that might help you explore this dimension of wellness. If you were like, bro, I love cannabis. I'm so good. I know all these things. This is where you can cut loose. If you're new, let me tell you some things. Uh, when you walk into a dispensary, everything offered will be labeled as sativa, indica, or hybrid, which is a combination of the two types of cannabis. Um, so just like sativa and indica uh, they're different in the body so you'll want to sample both there is no way for me to know how your body will react to either one there's probably no way for you to know either general wisdom is that sativa strains are great for creativity and for remaining fully functional and quick-witted during the day still not driving but generally like you're up you're good life is great Indica is often used in the evenings or whenever you're trying to induce sleep, as most people remember indica as indicouch. Like, you will want to lie down and remain lying down if you have any significant amount of it. I really don't enjoy sativa. Indica is my jam. I can do hybrids sometimes, but I prefer to live in the indica realm. But again, try both. See what works for you. There are lots of methods for consuming cannabis depending on where you live. Smoking, vaping, edibles, capsules, and tinctures are good places to start. Some places even have inhalers, like you would have for asthma, but weed. (laughs) Uh, And there are way more advanced methods like dabbing and shatter, and I have not even gotten into those because they seem really intense. So try something, try a bunch of some things, see what sparkles. Um, There isn't a right or wrong answer. Every body reacts differently to every strain, so you'll have to do an experiment. Um, 
strains can vary greatly. And if you're like, I don't understand, most people have had alcohol and you know that champagne is very different from red wine, is very different from whiskey, is very different from tequila. Those are very different nights you're going to be having. It's the same with weed, um, that having a delightful piece of cannabis-infused chocolate is in no way the same as hitting up your barn with some cheap flour from that one shady neighbor who deals on the corner, right? There's a wide variety of experiences possible. If you've had a bad experience, it might be that weed is not for you, and it might be that it was that one strain or that one type of delivery method that was just not for you. Effects can be quite mild, including CBD, which has no effect on your ability to drive, think, or move, um, all the way up to feeling like you're floating among the stars, you're one with reality, all that good stuff. If you're nervous or your inner Nancy Reagan gland is pulsing, which I totally understand, um, try some CBD drops and see how much better you feel in really, really subtle ways. Uh, The way I describe CBD is if you've ever seen a person with curly hair, like lots of curly hair outside on a humid day, and there are those little strands of hair standing straight out from the person's head, even if their hair is pulled back in a ponytail, it's no matter how hard they attempt to tame their hair, there's still little tiny strands of hair everywhere. Now, imagine a hand smoothing those hairs down with some sort of magical hair product. CBD is like that magical hair product and your brain is the curly hair. You're running apps that have worries, fears, and asshole brain loops are tended and flattened in gentle ways. A daily dose of CBD, which is legal in all 50 states, could be just what you need. If you'd like to try a product with THC in it, that's the psychoactive ingredient that gets you high, here are a few pointers. Go low and slow to begin. Please do not buy an ounce of weed and take monster rips from your brand new bong until you're practically comatose. Try a low dose. Because if there's anything that will turn you off to weed, it's being too high, too fast, too soon. Likewise, taking edibles should be a slow process. You will be tempted to take one, wait 10 to 12 minutes, feel nothing, and shove like nine more in your mouth. (laughs) Please don't do that. Give yourself at least an hour, two hours if you're nervous, to see if you feel any effects. When edibles are coming on, I know it because I feel thirsty, my mouth feels heavy, the rest of my body feels lighter in some capacity. I also laugh more easily and I can basically feel sunshine bursting out of my eyeballs. Your effects will of course be different, but it's up to you to find out what they are. you're going to learn your body's signals that you've had enough, and you're going to learn your body's signals that like this is a, an enjoyable experience or this is not so enjoyable. I also recommend using the buddy system whenever possible. Please. I know I'm not an expert, but this is basic. Please do not try cannabis all by yourself for the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time or the fifth time. Should you have a touch too much, you will want someone you trust nearby to get you water, to remind you that you're not dying, and to otherwise care for you. When I have experienced being too high, which has only happened twice, I've asked Bear to set a timer so I know time is still passing. My experience of being too high feels like time has ceased to move forward, and I will be stuck in bed staring at the ceiling until the end of time, like eternities. It is not pleasant. Finally, um, try a CBD-heavy strain of cannabis if you're nervous. 
There's no rush in any of this. There's no finish line. There's nothing to prove. Take your time. You will soon find out whether cannabis agrees with you and whether or not it's something you enjoy. And I don't have a dog in that fight. If you enjoy it, fantastic. If some part of you is curious and this convinces you to give it a try, great. If you're like, fuck all this, I don't want any part of it, awesome. I typically enjoy a touch of cannabis in the afternoon once my work is done and my chores have been checked off the to-do list. I have a brownie, and from the time I take that, I know I have about an hour to finish any of my last productive tasks or to cook dinner before I get too high to do so. Uh, And then I cue up some music and relax. Most evenings, Bear and I talk, listen to music, watch cartoons, snuggle with the dog. Um, We've settled into a rhythm that keeps us deeply connected to each other, to our bodies, and to our health. Doritos aside. For the first time ever, uh, I'm opening up the podcast to Bear for commentary. So right after this, uh, stay tuned and he's going to weigh in on all things cannabis and our experiences of it. Um, I didn't think it was fair to include him in, we talked about this and we did this and this and this and then not give him a chance to say anything at all. So that is coming up after this. Um, and before that, of course, kristenkelp.com slash tap. If you want the coaching, it feels incongruous to do that and tell you about it right now, but I'm reminding you anyway, uh, should you have any questions or you want to share your experiences, k at kristenkelp.com. We will make the magic happen, um, with cannabis or with coaching. And there we go. And I will see you next week when we talk about sex. Thank you for listening. We tried the first pass at a commentary while I was high, and it really didn't do anything for the stereotype of cannabis users sounding like Tommy Chong, Mian, and honestly, it was boring. It was hard to listen to. I was talking about a bunch of stuff that just didn't matter, so I'm going to try this again. As someone who's seen the benefits of cannabis for many years, it was not the easiest thing in the world to remain patient with Kristen. Um, watching her struggle with all that Nancy Reagan programming and everything else about cannabis is the devil and it's going to hurt you and all that. It's a, it's a little frustrating for someone who's been doing it as long as I have. But after some quiet contemplation, I determined the rewards for holding her hand through the journey were just too great for me to lose my cool. Everything that Kristen said about ingesting cannabis before enjoying music or tasting food, feeling a warm shower, some other things... That's been the experience for me, but I think it's important to point out to people if they've never tried it before to be realistic about their expectations of what their first experience is going to be like. I can remember very clearly the first time I got high and thinking nothing is happening. So the natural response for me was the same as Kristen's college experience. I just thought this is dumb and it smells. I don't like this, but it turns out I had just never been high before, so I didn't know what to expect. So when I stood up, and traveled right back down to the ground to laugh for an hour, I knew what this was all about and why people liked it so much. (laughs) So I put together a couple of tips, seven of them, for first-time users so you can kind of reel in your expectations and have a good experience or at least have some of the things, have some of the questions answered before you think of the questions because you haven't done this yet. So anyway, number one, before your first attempt... Put your phone in do not disturb mode, or even better, put your phone in the other room. Just get it away from you because it's not going to be fun if you're enjoying the effects of cannabis 
And then suddenly your grandmom calls and she's the one who calls again and again until you answer. Terrible. So turn your phone off, get it away from you, and just enjoy being totally present. Two, hydrate like an athlete. This is really, this seems like kind of a given. Anybody who knows anything at all about weed is going to know that your mouth gets dry. So just make sure you have like a bottle of water or some Gatorade or something that's going to keep your mouth able to speak. Because if you're sitting with somebody enjoying pot, you go to say something, your mouth is caulked shut. It's, it's awkward and it's, it's very unpleasant. Number three, DoorDash. DoorDash rules, but don't go crazy. I mean, this has been my personal biggest downfall. Nothing sounds better than cheese fries and pizza when you're baked for every meal. All six of them. But take it easy on that. It's so easy because of what I mentioned earlier. It's just so easy to load up on 10,000 calories in five minutes flat and then not realize what you've done until later. So anyway, number four, don't smoke with dicks. I mean, cannabis... As Bill Cosby said when we still liked him, uh, intensifies your personality. So if you have a friend you suspect is going to make the experience unpleasant, they probably are. And even if they don't do something to annoy you, you're probably going to start looking for reasons to be mean to them. And that really is the antithesis of what we're going for here. Number five, this isn't a competition. If you're feeling buzzy after one hit, put your feet up, lay back, and cruise, essay. You're trying to enjoy cannabis, not melt your face off. Number six, be social. This isn't the red scare of communism in the late 40s and 50s. You don't have to form underground pot clubs if you don't want to. People who use cannabis tend to like using cannabis with other people who enjoy it. It's like booze without the blackouts and the rage. And number seven, have fun. Because it's meant to help you and improve the quality of your life. So soak it up. That has been my experience. I hope that you found my additional comments to be helpful and that Kristen doesn't ask me to comment on her upcoming sex podcast. Um, anyway, that's it. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. 
Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.